0: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast,
1: I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to be discussing if people should be paying to have downloads of their podcast. Joining us is Mike Whiston, who is the CEO of MoPod, which is the largest driver of engaged subscribers and listeners to many of the most prominent newsletters and podcasts in the United States, including this podcast. And today, Mike and I are going to discuss whether you should be paying for podcast downloads. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with my buddy, Mike Wiston, the CEO of Mopod. Mike, finally, finally, welcome to the Bartech Podcast. It looks like we made it. <laughs> What's up? We've been working together closely for, God, we've known each other for about a year now. We've been really like blood brothers for six months or so, and you've helped scale my podcast. So a lot of the people that are listening to this show actually found it because of you. Let me start off.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. You know what? You're welcome. (laughs) I actually just came up off a karaoke kick and I did a whole bunch of Disney, so I'm ready.
1: Yeah, you've got your own podcast, right? You do the Friday night karaoke thing. Sure do. And you're not sitting in front of microphones talking about marketing, which somehow I ended up doing. You're singing show tunes. And if your voice is a little hoarse, it's because last night was a late night. It just means last night was a good night. All right. Well, we're going (laughs) to keep the show tunes to at least a bare minimum and talk a little bit about podcast advertising. The other Thing that you know very well. First off, high level question Should people be paying for podcast downloads?
2: Not everybody. I think that it really comes down to goals. There's no difference between getting 50 downloads for an episode or 5,000 or 50,000 downloads per episode if you don't have a clear path to some type of a goal. So it needs to be towards monetization or towards joining a network or staying in a network or you have stakeholders and you need to be able to show growth for the show that's why you should grow but paying for growth just as a vanity like you know i would love to see 700 downloads per episode for no reason outside of i would love to see 700 downloads per episode doesn't really make sense to me like you shouldn't be spending on that in those instances focus on organic growth focus on building a community there's tons of strategies you can put effort and time into that don't cost you actual cash and once you have all of that fleshed out once you have an engine building up on the organic side And then you have some clear-cut goals absolutely should be spending.
1: All right, I'm going to call bullshit on you because (laughs) your business is to get people to buy downloads for their podcasts. So you're saying this because you don't want to say, yes, and you should use my product. This is a marketing (laughs) strategy from you, isn't it? I'm so good at marketing. (laughs) That's pretty impressive. (laughs) Thank you. It's absolutely true, though. But
2: put it into perspective, and I'll just talk from experience. If you're a show and you're throwing $3,000, let's say, or $5,000 on growth, and you don't have a clear path towards something, an actual goal, typically what will happen is you'll spend that money and you'll stop spending because you'll realize, "Oh, great, I just spent a bunch of money. I got a bunch of people to listen. I had some level of retention. Now what do I do? And you don't keep spending because you don't have a goal. So when we look to work with somebody, what we're looking for is long-term partnerships. We work with somebody for years, not for a test. And I honestly don't want to take someone's money for a test. And that's it. I would love to know what the goal is from day one and work towards achieving that goal together.
1: All right. So when I started the MarTech podcast, originally my goal was to get to a thousand downloads and I started with audio advertising. I think I bought a thousand dollars worth of audio advertising and I hit a thousand downloads and said, oh great. I've got a marketing channel that works. Now my annual goal is to build to 10,000 downloads per month. We got there after 11 months. Part of that was because of our ad strategy, part of it was organic growth, virality, people sharing our content. We had some prominent guests. The next thing you know, I was able to monetize the podcast content because we had built an audience that was a five-figure download a month show. I didn't necessarily have a great goal in day one other than this vanity metric. So. You work with a lot of podcasters. Does everyone say, hey, I just want to build an audience and then I'll figure it out and the goal is just to build? Or do people come in and say, all right, I know exactly the number of downloads I need to hit this objective. What are the goals that podcasters focus on that are using paid channels?
2: To address one piece of that, you're a different animal. You have a business mind, which most podcasters aren't taking it as a business out of the gate, right? It's not necessarily a monetization strategy where you have a clear cut path or it's not necessarily putting the business hat on. They know that podcasting is cool. They might just enjoy doing it and they're looking at ways of making it better, but most people aren't looking at it as a business out of the however many hundreds of thousands of active podcasts right now. There's only like a tiny fraction of them that are taking it seriously as a business. And the rest, that's what I'm talking about as far as growth and paying for growth. For most podcasts, it doesn't make sense.
1: Cut the shit and tell me who should be (laughs) buying podcast downloads and what their goals are. So you have
2: advertisers, you're dropping new seasons, and you want to pre-sell that season. I think that makes a ton of sense to buy downloads, find audience, and stick to download numbers as the goal because you're pre-selling a season and you want a a flat 5,000 downloads per episode as a baseline that you know you can count on. Obviously, you get whatever attention you're going to get out of those from the paid acquisition, plus any other levers that you're pulling and any other social things and whatever you're doing to grow the show. But you can at least go and pre-sell the 12 episodes for the season coming up. If you've already sold advertising on your episodes and you're promising 12,000 downloads on your episode and you realize you're coming in trending towards 7,000 that's where you would use a download product as well to make up that difference. And obviously, you have the added bonus of retention of a percentage of those users or listeners. I think that's primarily the way people use us. As I mentioned, if they're going to be joining or trying to stay in a network and hitting minimums, that's another reason why you'd want to buy downloads.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. So a lot of what you're saying is if you have a download metric that is related to the monetization of the podcast, I can go and I could sell advertising because I know I'm going to pay for 5,000 downloads. So I can go find advertisers who want to buy the media against those 5,000 downloads. Or, hey, I'm a little short. I said I was going to get to 10,000 downloads. I've only got 8, I have to go buy 2, but I'm going to keep my advertisers happy or you're in a network or you've got a relationship where you want to show that you're hitting certain benchmarks, great. Now you mentioned retention, which I think is an important part, and I want to buy forget the conversation of focusing on downloads as opposed to buying audience. When you buy a download, that's a metric that gets a file onto a device. A download's not a listen, it's not a listener, it's not a follower. So what's the difference between marketing towards the download, as opposed to trying to market towards some of the other metrics that podcasters really should probably care about more, which is how many people are actually listening to me speak into this microphone?
2: For the vast majority of podcasters, you should really be looking at paid media for long-tail growth, long-term retention, looking at growing that baseline. When you stop spending, you want to see that your numbers are still up. You don't want to see a spike when you ran a campaign and then zero when you stop running the campaign going right back to where you started that isn't effective and it's not a sustainable model it means you have to spend forever just to grow your list or grow your listenership rather so yeah you need to be thinking in terms of long tail if that's the strategy you know again there are strategies for downloads specifically but not all downloads are created equal how you get those downloads you know how you're getting in front of those listeners makes a massive difference There's a big example with June Group and iHeartMedia that we don't need to go crazy on here, but it's a great example if you want to go look it up. Ashley Carman did an article in Bloomberg.
1: I'll give you the preview here. It's basically there was a marketing channel that was auto-downloading content in games. So it's downloading while you're watching an ad or something. It counts as a download, but people weren't necessarily listening or even playing the content. It was just being downloaded in the background, and it counts as a download, but it has no chance of actually being a user.
2: Right, so intent is everything in any marketing. I mean, it's not just in marketing for a podcast audience. But in any marketing, intent is really everything. So getting ads that make sense for the person that's seeing them, putting the right ads in the right place at the right time, putting ads that really clearly define and explain what someone is about to listen to before they even engage with it. So as a starting point, for instance, with Mopod Boost, they were putting native ads on hundreds or thousands of sites, targeting the listener, not the site itself, with between like three and 10 different programmatic strategies to find the right kind of person making sure that that person is seeing this ad. It's a beautiful ad that shows exactly what this episode is going to be about or what the show's about. There's a very clear listen now and when they click it, it brings them to this beautiful landing page with a player and tons of information about the show and links to Spotify, links to Apple. And they have the ability to click play and they have the ability to listen to the entire episode if they want on that page. There's tracking all the way through that process from the impression on the third party publisher to the clip of the play button and to a full episode download or an estimated full episode download. So being able to see data around those types of strategies, like downloads for strategies is everything. Knowing that this is where my audience came from. This is what my audience looks like. This is how they engaged, This is how long they engaged. And then ultimately, you can see what that lift is downstream once you stop spending.
1: You mentioned Mopod Boost, which is your company's programmatic advertising self-service tool. It is essentially the Facebook advertising for podcast downloads where somebody can go enter their RSS feed, pick a specific episode, put a budget behind it, and then create a page for it that is then using a programmatic engine to drive traffic to the page that gets people to download the episode and hopefully listen to it as well. That is self-service. You also run larger campaigns that are not self-service, which are more your enterprise level where you can do more advanced targeting. Talk to me about targeting capabilities when you're thinking about buying downloads.
2: So we run, as I mentioned, three to 10 different programmatic strategies on every single campaign. And these run the gambit from interest targeting segments where you can target psychographics, you know, let's say millennials or female Asian shoppers or strong black women or Ariana Grande fans, you can get very specific in who you're targeting and what they're interested in, et cetera, with interest targeting. Contextual, where you're looking at keywords on a page itself, so not a site, but an actual page of a site, and matching it to keywords for that show or that episode, something that makes sense for that show, and putting the ad on that page. That's a contextual ad, and obviously it makes sense because someone's browsing the web, they're on a page that matches the contextual keywords we have, and there's the ad. We have browsing audiences which do exactly the same thing, but instead of putting the ad on that page, we know that you went to that page that has those contextual keywords. And now when you go to BuzzFeed, CNN, etc., you're seeing the ad and we're following you around. We build lookalike audiences in real time as well as retargeting audiences for both the show itself. So when someone hits an IEB download, we're building that lookalike audience and dropping a pixel for retargeting. But we're also, for many of our shows, dropping our own pixel on their pages, on their own websites, and we can build lookalike audiences and retarget their own website traffic. Again, these are all just line items in the strategy, and there's plenty of other targeting capabilities here, but they're just line items. And we're optimizing against two things, an IEB download first, by far the most heavily weighted, and second, an engagement rate, which for us is an estimated full episode download.
1: So let me reiterate some of the things that you're saying here. The strategy for your company is you're using programmatic advertising to target specific demographics, psychographics, geographics, any sort of affix, even Ben affix. (laughs) Terrible joke. I'm sorry, everybody, (laughs) to create this specific target segment. But the landing experience that you're having is driving somebody to a page in a browser that has the podcast player. That begets the question of what is the difference between driving somebody into the browser and why aren't you driving people into the app store where they have the ability to then follow the podcast and engage in a way that most podcasters think sort of normal podcast plays come from?
2: I would love nothing more than to drive someone into the actual player, but the players don't play nice and they won't share any data around listenership. So I won't know that somebody actually hit an IAB download when they went into the player and played. I'll have no idea, have no real-time feedback. So there's no way to optimize a campaign. So these campaigns would never be effective. We've tried a ton of times to make that work and it just doesn't because there's just no way to optimize the campaign. We can't find more people like the kinds of people who are actually engaging with the content if we don't get any data back on that. So we have our own player. It's the Mopod player. We're a globally accepted player. We're listed in OPOG as a user agent in their master user agent list. Just about every one of the major hosting platforms is either currently indexing us or in the process of putting us into their reporting. So you'll see us show up as Mopod in your actual reporting in most host platforms like Omni, Simplecast, etc.
1: All right. Last question I have for you. We talked about targeting. All right. I can get really specific about who I want to target to try to get them to download and listen to my podcast. And I can drive a tremendous amount of volume because we're talking about a programmatic solution. Mike, what's it cost for a download and how many of them actually stick around? It's 80 cents
2: for an IAB download. So we are pure performance. It's worked well in every facet of our business from day one all the way from the newsletter days and we still do run newsletters very effectively all the way to all of our products and podcasting. We have three, but everything is performance-based and we find that works best. If you're familiar with programmatic, everything is on a CPM or cost per thousand impressions. And so we're buying on a CPM and we're backing into a flat cost per download that makes it predictable for our clients. So anyone working with us, it's a predictable model. You know, it's a flat 80 cents and we worry about the other side of it. So for retention from a download campaign with Mopod Boost, you can expect a three to five percent incremental lift. So of ten thousand downloads purchased, realistically, you can see three to five hundred on the baseline. From a pure growth strategy, looking at Mopod Boost as a long-term growth strategy, it makes zero sense. And I'll be the first to tell you. It's never going to back out in terms of cost if you're looking to grow the baseline of your show over time. It is a phenomenal product. As we talked about before, if you are working against specific goals with advertisers, with stakeholders, networks, etc., then it makes a ton of sense. We do have other products that I'd be more than happy to talk to anyone about that talk directly to retention and we have some amazing retention products, but not for this podcast.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, I'm glad I finally was able to drag you onto a podcast. And here's the trick. Whenever we record our podcast, we do two episodes in one. So we're going to bring you back again tomorrow and talk a little bit more about programmatic advertising and building a community. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Mike Whiston, the CEO of Mopod. Join us again tomorrow when Mike and I continue our conversation talking about using programmatic to build podcast communities. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Mike, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Mike Wiston. That's M-I-K-E-W-I-S-T-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is mopod.com, M-O-W-P-O-D.com.